Hello and welcome back to Covenant Conversations. This is Ashtonessa and I am looking forward to today's episode. It's a very pensive one. It's one that um, will be quite reflective, but I know that it will come in handy for many people uh, and that some of my experiences will be useful for you guys. How have we been? This week has been such a stressful week for me. I've had so much to do. Uh, I've been hosting uh, which is always fun, but I always find that like to the latter part of it, I'm just exhausted and then preparing for the next week ahead just feels really exhausting. And so Sunday night, I planned for the week and actually now because I've planned, I feel more like engaged. I feel like I've got things, you know, sorted, uh, kind of, <laughs> uh, because this episode was meant to come out <laughs> and, uh, I have been through, as we've said before, you know, a very perfectionist kind of stage, uh, but also like one that strives for excellence. And sometimes you have to find the balance between that. Uh, And I didn't want to put out an episode that I wasn't fully in. And that didn't really feel like it was from God. Uh, And so, yeah, I've done that before. And I've realized that actually it didn't get the same amount of engagement as one that fulfills the need of people. And so um, I just don't want to do that, guys. Uh, So I am going to set the scene for you guys. I am back in the new place, the new pad. I am very much enjoying the fact that I now have new cushions. I don't know about anyone else, but when you get like a new thing for your interior, you're just like looking at it for days. Oh, I'm really impressed with it. Um, And yeah, it's starting to come together. So I'm thinking about new things. And every time I stare at the walls, I'm thinking about what should go on it. Uh, But that's a rant and that's not relevant for today. This week I received quite bad news that one of our close family friends had passed away. And it got me thinking before this, but actually now even more how relevant this episode is. And it's about good grief. And it's about the fact that there's actually no such thing as good grief. And that we need to help equip other people in order to be able to um, give advice, to be able to offer support to people in that time of grief. And so it's not a thing of like people have to suffer alone and people have to go through things alone because other people have not experienced that type of grief before. And so I really want to just raise awareness. I also want to just speak to the hearts of many um, who might not understand what someone who's grieving is going through um, and really wants to just get into their mind. I want to make a caveat that I don't believe that grief ends. I know that many people will probably say that uh, it changes and it shifts and it, it shape shifts and it transforms into different things. And I agree with that. But I think that the idea of grief, though it sounds really heavy, it's a missing, it's a longing for that person to be back. And I think that and I think that until we are reunited with them in heaven, if they've gone there, um, we will always miss them. I think we'll always have a longing for them. We'll always have a need for them. We'll always miss them. And uh, I don't think that changes. And even whilst I'm talking right now, there are tears. <laughs> but they're happy tears. They're happy tears because I can help someone who is going through a very similar thing to what I have been through many times. Uh, The first time I ever experienced loss was when I was nine or 10 years old. 
and we lost my grandfather to we lost my great grandfather actually to bowel cancer and then uh, at the same time my granddad uh, so my grandma's husband he was suffering from bowel cancer too and we had two people who were suffering from the same cancer uh, my grandma and my great grandma being by their side as they nursed them and as we got told bad news after bad news about how the cancer would come back and um, how it was spreading and I think that many people thought at nine or ten that I wouldn't remember but I remember the days of being in my granddad's hospital room and seeing how when someone passes away like when someone's like on their deathbed like it's a really like hitting thing I saw him go back to a baby I saw a need for people around him I saw that he couldn't feed himself he couldn't do normal things like go to the shower and what I realized is that the man that I knew when I was a baby had turned into a different person by the end of his life um turned into one that needed other people a lot more and he was less independent and so much more dependent and I just want to talk about the stage where you see them deteriorating because I think that many people we all experience um grief in different ways right and one of the ways that I experienced it was through my granddad and my great granddad and my great grandma and all three of them were deteriorating uh my great grandma she came in to the hospital with an earache and never left they were just one thing after the other after the other after the other and we just thought how god like why is there always something you know and um i would ask my friends for prayer I'd, I, you know there were so many different times where you just thought like is it gonna get better is it gonna get easier and as they get older it's harder to fight off diseases it's harder to fight off like common colds and they're just immune system is not the same and it's just it's absolutely heart-wrenching to watch someone that you love go through that and not be able to do anything, to not have control over it and over the situation. It was at a point where I literally thought, I don't know how we're going to do this. And the only people that I thought understood me was my family because they were obviously with us in the hospital. They understood what loss was because we'd gone through my granddad and my great-granddad and they were the only people that I thought actually could relate to the process of losing my great-grandma as well. And I say that because I don't know if there were people around me who had gone through that because no one ever talks about it. No one ever talks about watching someone die. No one ever talks about the frank moment of like watching someone take their last breath. I watched my great-grandmother take her last breath on this earth. You know, it is terrifying. And it is not easy. I often realise how lonely I was in that season when I look back and I think, oh, who did you speak to about it when you got home? Or, you know, who did you tell about it? And the reason I didn't is because I felt like, oh, it's depressing. Or, oh, like no one would really understand it. Or everyone will be like uncomfortable with the subject. And people are, like people squirm when you mention death. People squirm when you mention grief because they don't like the sound of it. No one likes to think about it. And frankly, the people who don't like to think about it are the ones who haven't gone through it. And also like, 
most of the time they're just trying to avoid the subject because they're like it's not like it's not something that I've been through so to be honest I never have to think about it yet and I think it's something that for many people who have lost someone it's one of the most sobering moments to realize that no day is promised with the people that you love um one thing I learned is how to be vulnerable and not let grief uh mourning and loss turn me cold I had so much attachment to some of the people who passed away in my life my dad's mum also passed away and we never got any warning for her passing away she just passed away in her sleep uh, I spoke to her that week and I said to her, you know, she she felt a bit sick, but like she wasn't sick from the actual thing that she passed away from. But yeah, she she had a rash and she was just like, oh, I'm going to the doctors. And I was like, great, grandma. Um, she rang me the next day and was like, I went to the doctors, as you said, because I'm kind of like the mothering figure of like even the older generation. Um, <laughs> and yeah, she was just happy. And I remember speaking to her and every time you get off the phone to her, she said, God bless and I love you. And um, I had like my sixth form stuff. And I remember my brother, I remember my brother, um, my brother telling me like, oh, you should give grandma a call. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'll call grandma on Sunday. Can I tell you guys that Sunday never came? And I want to remind you guys that, um, Sunday not coming turned me cold. Sunday not coming made me live a life of regret, of feeling like a deep mourning because you, you, you go through that stage of being like, if only I'd called, if only I'd spoken to them, if only I had done this, if only I'd gone to visit them more, if, you know, like I read a birthday card from her for my 18th birthday and in it she wrote we hope to see you soon because I hadn't seen her in so long because of exams and because of uni and preparation for that and you just sit there and you go none of this matters anymore none of this matters it's such a moment of sober-mindedness when you realize that actually everything I'm doing right now is so temporary compared to what it means to love on people to love people and it's something that I've learned from my grief is that one tell people how you feel be honest about who you are be honest about how you're feeling don't ever let grief turn you cold you know even whilst I'm saying this I'm thinking about Ezekiel 36 um, verse 26 and it says I will give you a new heart and I will give you a new spirit in you I will put a new spirit in you. I'll take away your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I believe that in my grieving stage, God had to do that. He had to give me a new heart because my heart had turned cold. Like I didn't care about other people anymore. Like I lived a life that was very much like, okay, whatever. Like people are going to disappoint you. People are going to leave anyway. You know, I, um, I turned cold and I think one of it was because I was projecting the fact that I was really, really bitter. I was really, really upset with God at first when my grandma died and I absolutely hated that I never got the chance to say goodbye. Um, it is one of the biggest moments in my life of regret in that I never got to say my goodbye and the reason why I have that is not because she died in her sleep, but because I I felt like I had the opportunity when my brother said it and I just didn't listen. 
there was just other things that were distracting me and I say that not to say that you guys should always be on edge like oh my god I have to say goodbye I have to talk to people did it all the time I have to like be on the phone all the time but there's an element of like just don't forget the people who made you who you are my grandma sacrificed so much when she was at such an old age to give me and my brother uh more the regret was that I never got to express to her how much that meant and the other side of that is that I'm telling you this because I'm I'm telling you the different stages of grief I'm telling you the stage where you regret things you regret the things you didn't say you regret the things you didn't do you regret the time that you never spent and then there's a there's a stage of of shock and it's the stage of denial it's a stage of thinking no 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 this didn't happen remember the day like it was yesterday when my great grandma had passed away and I'm flitting between stories because different stories mean different things and so I just want you guys to follow me but also understand that there's just so many people that I've lost along the way that I can use all of them as examples uh, and I'm not going to stick to one story. Uh, so my great grandma, when I think about denial, that was a moment where I was genuinely in denial. Like I, ge- I watched her take her last breath and I was in denial about it. Like, because I was like to my family, like she's going to breathe again. She's going to breathe again. And you think about it, you sit in that hospital room and you look at someone and you know, they're slowly going and the doctors are saying, you know, there's nothing really much we can do, but we can just make them feel comfortable. What does that mean to make someone feel comfortable before they die? For me, that was a really hard hitting moment where the doctor just said, you have 48 hours. What do you do in 48 hours? I didn't know what to do in 48 hours. I didn't know what to say in 48 hours. That was a moment of real reflection on who am I? Who is she to me? And how can I show her how much I love her before it's too late? Uh, And she had lost recollection of so much. She didn't know where she was. She was was delusional. She would call us different names. She'd talk about different things. She would speak about her last words, her last thing that she wanted us to do or how she wants to split money. And all of that stuff was just things that were going through her mind. And I can't imagine how she must have felt in her last moment, but I know exactly how I felt and it was helpless. We all gathered around her bedroom and I remember feeling such denial because I was just like nah guys like she's gonna breathe again she's gonna breathe again and they were like she's not going to ash and I was like no no no, she's gonna breathe again like she has to like it it just can't be over like it's just such a like anticlimactic ending like it has to (laughs) like she has to breathe again like you know because I know God and I know that God is a, a, a resurrecting God like he has resurrection power like she can come back and she didn't she didn't. I remember walking out of that hospital room, going into the corridor because they have to prepare them. You go into the seat and I remember I called my friend Rachel and I said, she's gone. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was just like, she's gone. But when I said it to her, it was like it was empty because I didn't fully understand what that meant. She's gone. (laughs) What does that mean? Because she'd been at the hospital so long, I guess it didn't really dawn on me that like that's what it fully meant that there was no longer any calls, no longer any... I would talk to her about everything, man. That was, like, my best friend. That I'm walking to the shops, I call my nana. I'm walking to here, I call my nana. I've just got home, I call my nana. I needed some help, I'd call her, you know? So 
you get to that point of really feeling like, okay, but where's my person? It took me a really long time to accept the fact that she'd gone. And I was in a denial stage and then I was in a distracted stage. And the distracted stage is where you do everything to distract yourself. I worked my butt off for a solid month straight after my grandma had died on my dad's side. I worked hard to get into uni and straight after my nana had died, I worked hard to leave that uni. I was like, I'm finishing with this degree. And the funeral was two days. No, the funeral was like in between my exams. So I had like two exams and a funeral jam packed in between. And my family were like, you sure you don't want to reset? And I was just like, I can't do that. I have to be in this place and I have to like distract myself. And, you know, there were some days where I got up and I was just drinking like energy drinks, energy drinks. And I was so sick. Like I remember I was actually going to call them and say that I'm so ill. I actually can't make it to this exam. And I remember my friend Tolu making me uh, toast and uh, tea and like me not even being able to sip it. Like, that's how deep it was, you know? And I think I was sick because I wasn't eating properly. I was sick because I wasn't looking after myself. And I was just grieving, man. And I never got that time because life just kept moving quickly and I just distracted myself. And I never got the moment to sit down and accept it had happened. And the only time I ever got to sit down and accept it was in summer when everything stopped, the job, everything stopped. And I sat down and I thought, she's gone, man. But I not only accepted her death that year, last year, um, I also accepted everyone in my life's death and all my grandparents' death. And I want to say that because I spent many years in denial that I even went through grief. And I still can't define to you what it is. I can't tell you every single stage that you ever go through. I can't tell you that you will never have triggers in your life where you see Kobe Bryant and his daughter die and you just think back to a hospital room. You hear an anniversary of a death and it reminds you that their anniversary is coming up and a birthday always comes by every single year without fail. Christmas always comes by and there's an empty room, there's an empty bed, there's an empty chair. You have to sort out their estate. You have to um, put all of their things in a bag and give it to charity as if like someone else now has to start wearing the clothes that you saw your loved one in. Um, you sell their belongings and like their house, right? And I think that was the last thing that really like broke me. This is someone's house that they made a home for you in and they had all their family in. And I just want to remind you guys that Grief isn't the day that the funeral happens or the day that they pass away. It's all the other days in between where you have to console the family member who just can't stop crying. You have to um, plan the estate and what happens with it. You have to sort out the will. You have to sort out all their bills that are still coming out even though they're dead. You have to tell everyone they've passed away. So you have to be the messenger. You go through a stage of like, you have to make sure all the family's eating because people aren't eating now. Not everyone's looking after themselves. People are going missing. Like you have to go and look for them because that person's not taking it well or um, 
that person doesn't know yet and you have to tell them and it's navigating relationships around you and friendships that still kind of need you but realizing that actually in this moment I need me <laughs> my family need me you know there, there were times where like in between grief like I would have arguments with friends um, I had an ex-boyfriend who cheated on me in the middle of like me grieving my grandma's death there was so much going on like in between all of those stages and it, it was just overwhelming And that's why one of the biggest things that I would ever give as advice to anyone is asking for help. Ask someone for help. In the middle of your grief, like in the middle of your, I don't know what to do, just get around people who you know absolutely love you and are for you. I get it that you should be around your family, but you're all going through the same thing. And sometimes they can't cater to you because they need to cater to themselves. Be around people who make you feel like home, who make you feel safe who are comfort, who bring you joy. But the most important thing is just pray. I don't mean pray in terms of having to find the right words to convey what you feel like to God, because sometimes you're angry at him, sometimes you're confused, sometimes you're disappointed. There's an element of just tears. Like most of my prayers in those times was just tears and it's a sobering experience, but it's important. Just cry. <laughs> just tell God how you feel, man, because... It's, it's difficult and it's not easy I'm telling you for a fact and to all those who want to be there for their friends I thought I'd just give you guys some practical um, tips on it through love languages now for those of you who have no clue what love languages are um, which is I don't know like I feel like most people know what a love language is but it's basically how to cater to someone via like actual actions instead of just like thinking oh I love you and thinking that's enough some people receive love in different ways and so it's really important that you actually understand the people around you and you understand how they receive love and I believe that there's love languages of grief that in their time of need many people will ask me questions of like Ash like you've experienced grief how do I help my friend or how do I show that I'm a good friend but I want them to know that I respect their privacy or um, how do I show them I'm here but even though I'm not physically here and all of those stuff and so I wanted to like just give you a few tips and uh, through love languages, hopefully that will make sense. So the first one is quality time. Now, many people will not want to spend time with you at the first instance of losing someone, but some people do. And you have to, in all of these, cater to what they say they need. And sometimes what they say they need and what you're able to give might not always be balanced. What they say they need can sometimes change depending on the season. Some days, like some years after, there's different love languages that I need from people at different grief stages. So one of them is quality time. The physical presence of people on a birthday, an anniversary, a just a moment that I know I could go into my shell and I could get into a really dark place. It's amazing to know that someone thought I should really be with Ash today. And I think that that's really important. I think back to Job's friends and although like they asked him bare questions after that was just somehow like the main part about that was that they sat with him. And I I remember just reading that and thinking, God, the comfort of people um, is important and When I lost my dad's mum, I think my auntie and my cousin came over and I was like, why why are they over here? And they were like, oh, we're just going to sit with you. And it was so comforting. And I know it sounds really weird, but we just cried in that living room and we just sat together. 
the presence of people can sometimes bring something out of you and it can make you feel comforted but it also can bring so much joy the physical presence of someone making you laugh again or someone making you smile like it changes everything uh another thing i would say is words of comfort and compassion sending them scripture sending them encouragement like sometimes don't always send scripture just send them um sayings like send them uh i don't know like something that you think would they would like <laughs> sometimes memes work and sometimes memes are like don't make me laugh when I'm in the middle of like this awful situation so like be very careful but I remember that messages came at such amazing times sometimes I even asked one of my friends to send me worship music and I swear to you every single time I needed to hear something she sent me a worship song that was exactly what I felt like I needed to hear you know catered to that person who might understand more through music acts of service man like funeral plans are hard i know in covid times they're even worse but even just in general like funeral planning is so difficult you have to think about so much and so if you can alleviate some of their um grief in that that would be amazing for some people then it's like giving them food because many people don't even eat. Like some people don't even have food in their house when they're grieving. Like I remember there was one time where people just kept bringing food to the house and we were just like, why do they keep bringing food? But you realise that actually, one, you don't have time to eat, to cook because you've got to do all this arranging and catering to people coming over to, to pay their respects and you don't have food for them when they're paying the respects. So you need food in your house. And two, it's just the point of like, you just don't have appetite. You lose appetite sometimes. So, I mean, people go two ways. Some people have like massive appetite and some people don't. So always look at that. But yeah, just making sure they eat, making sure they've drank, making sure they're looking after themselves um, and filling in where they've fallen short. Um, I remember some people at work, like taking some of my shifts and that was such a relief or like letting me leave earlier at work, like chores around the house, like my friends would do it. Or I remember when one of my friends had lost her dad and we did her chores for her. And it was so nice because she wasn't even thinking about it, to be honest, but it was the fact that we were just like, do you know what? She's not here. Like, let's just do it. And yeah, so many other ways in which you can just fill the gap was, is amazing. Gifts photo albums and pictures of people like that always brings a smile to people's faces one of my friends debbie she got me a hamper of like things that i really really love and that was beautiful like i'm so grateful to her for that and that was actually on one of the anniversaries so sometimes it's not even that you give it to them at the funeral stage or when they've just passed away but i think it was like a year's anniversary and debbie got me that so shout out to you man for being a great friend but yeah even that's important and then gifts for the family like I remember people would come over and like give us gifts for like my grandma or like that would make me smile like sometimes people don't have to give me gifts but the fact that you got like one of my family members gifts that makes me happy because I just know that they're grieving so that's important too and then physical touch now I before I wasn't really a hugger but I can't lie something happens when you lose someone that you just want to feel an embrace from someone and so hugs are actually a massive comfort for many people and I will never take away that and sometimes people don't know what to say I know that at funerals you'll see many people hug 
not because they just want to like be on top of each other all the time but actually words fail you <laughs> like you don't know what to say like sorry for your loss doesn't cut it so sometimes a hug is what really matters I would say that that's really important and I think just take note of those love languages and really just take that advice because this is not just an episode that will be used for now I think many people need this episode throughout their years and so I pray that this episode goes far it goes beyond me it goes beyond this year and uh, many people are able to be encouraged by it I am going to leave this here I'm going to revisit this good grief because I believe that there's so much more to say, but there's not enough time. And so I'm going to come back to it. But I just wanted to really also emphasize and say that the power of God in comforting you and giving you joy for for all your heaviness and for all your mourning. Like, I just want to really say that he is on the throne in every situation. And I don't know who you are, but you might be feeling heavy after this episode. And I just want to really encourage you, um, encourage you in your loss, but also encourage you if you have a friend who's also grieving and you just feel so helpless. And I just want to pray for you. Father God, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would just comfort them, that you would just give them the boldness, Lord, to remember who they are, Lord, to remember whose they are, Lord, and to stand up and say, I need help, Lord, to stand up and say, I can't do it on my own, Lord. I pray that you would take away a stony heart, Lord, and you would give them a tender and responsive heart, one who thinks of others, Lord, one who loves on people, Lord, who understands what it means to love people through their worst days, to love people on their best days, Lord. I pray that we would just be a people, Lord, who would understand what it means to mourn. Lord, you even said that your your son, Jesus, Lord, he's compassionate, Lord. He understands what it means to lose a people father god and we understand lord that even when we see jesus weep when lazarus dies lord it's compassion lord it's understanding that actually there's there's someone who existed here on earth lord who is not here anymore lord and it's sad lord and we can't take away from that father god so i just pray lord that you would just offer comfort to the families who are listening to the people who are listening lord i pray that it would extend on generations and generations lord of people who are grieving lord i pray that they would find comfort in the fact that they are not alone lord that they are not going through these stages alone lord i pray that they would be aware of it lord that they would cling to you lord that they would draw nearer to you god i pray lord that this would not pull them away from you but that they would draw near to you they would understand exactly what your plan is for your will is father god and that they would also just stop grappling with the fact that inside of them lord they're so in denial by it happening lord and just get through the stage lord where they go you know what i accept that this is a thing but i really miss them lord i pray that you would never ever ever surround them with people lord who would not have compassion for that who would not understand that lord who would not love them through that and i pray lord that you would just remind them about how short life is the brevity of it lord that we would number our days lord and remember that our legacy is what matters we would remember that 
actually the graves lord are where we remember who people are that we actually get to offer and give them their flowers but i pray lord that we would give people their flowers before their funeral that we would tell people how much we love them before their funeral that we would tell people how much we love them before their last day i pray lord that we would have that opportunity we'd have those moments lord and for anyone who feels laid on their heart father god to reach out to someone and just say i love you i pray lord that they would just do that right now lord that they would just say i love you to people that they would love on people more that they would have a heart that is filled with love for people lord because love is all that matters right now lord in this world and i just pray that that is on their hearts that is their heart posture lord and that is a thing that they want to give lord let there be understanding lord let there be compassion and let there be wisdom in every single action in jesus mighty name i pray amen And I just want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank you guys for just sticking with me through this. Um, I also want to announce that this is actually the last episode of this season. And that I will be returning with a new season soon. But this is the last one. I wanted to leave you with this one because I don't know what... I don't know what you're going to go through in the next few months. I don't know what you're feeling right now. Um, I know we've lost many people in this season and I really wanted to leave you with encouragement. I wanted to leave you with equipping, but I wanted to leave you guys this season with something that is definitely going to be continued for next season. And so thank you for sticking with me, for listening to me, for believing in this vision, man, that God gave um, for a girl in her room with a phone uh that she was using before and now i actually have equipment so uh it is amazing to see the growth of this podcast and i just pray for each and every one of you that you would just go after your dreams you'd go after the god assignment with all your heart and that in the next season we are able to grow and equip each other to continue in this walk of faith this walk of adulthood um adulthood and this walk of wisdom Love you guys and I will see you guys on the next season.